My radio station. Your radio station. Our radio station. The voice of the Cape. This is Inside Sports. Tashi Mamla, the first South African to get 300 in a test match. Your country salutes you. Inside the news. Inside the updates. Just gone five past eight. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And good evening. You're listening to Inside Sport, exclusive to the Voice of the Cape, where we cover all the latest news and chat to past and present sports stars as well. I'm your host, Firo Sheikh, and my tech tonight is Nasser Mayberg. We're talking football tonight. My guest is the former Glendine and Santos striker, Duncan Crowey. But before I chat to Duncan, let's catch up with the latest news coming through today. Lewis Hamilton took the checkered flag in Belgium. His 89 career win day his teammate Valtteri Bottas was second and Max Verstappen came third. England beat Pakistan by five wickets in the second T20 International at Old Trafford. They're leading that uh, series now 1-0. The final match takes place on Tuesday, chasing 196 to win. They made 199 for five uh, in 19.1 overs. The Glad Africa Championship uh, swallows beating Shakuma de 3-0 and Ajax beating Mbombela 3-0 as well. But unfortunately for Ajax, they're going to be going into the playoffs. We'll be chatting to Dan about that as well and of course uh, the APSA Premiership it's all happening there Kaza Chiefs losing Mamelodi Sundowns losing we'll get to Duncan's thoughts on that as well time to say a very good evening to Duncan Crowey thanks for chatting to me tonight on The Voice of the Cape that's always my pleasure and uh, nice of, of you to call me back again. Now, Duncan, before we get into your career, it's all happening on the local scene, APSA Premiership, uh, Glad Africa. Let's talk about Glad Africa first. Ajax throwing away a great opportunity to get automatically promoted into the uh, Premier League uh, next season. They're going to go into the playoffs now, Duncan. It's going to be tough for them. Uh, definitely it's going to be tough and uh, going into the bubble with six games to go and nine points ahead uh, I think it was for Ajax to lose and that is what they did today it's very very sad uh, um, you know at one stage I work for Ajax I'm the head of youth at Ajax and it's <laughs> yes. very very difficult for me to it's a bitter pill to swallow seeing that we were so far ahead and even in the last game we just needed a draw and going into this game playing against a team that's third from the bottom you expect to beat them which we did 3-0 and uh, we needed one goal, only one goal, one extra goal to win promotion. Last year, Ajax were also so unfortunate. They missed it by one goal to get into the playoffs. And we know a few years ago, Santos, uh, the, the santos Polokwani situation, where Polokwani got um, a few points when Santos was still in, up in the PSL. They lost out on, uh, on uh, uh, staying up in the PSL by one goal. And we know what happened to Santos thereafter. They got relegated to the old NFD. They got relegated to the ABC where they're still playing. Uh, is that going to be the route for Ajax? Nobody knows what the future holds. So it's a bitter pull to swallow. Duncan, what, what can we put this down to? It'd be so good to have three Cape teams in the Premier League. You know, we got uh, um, Cape Town City, uh, Stellenbosch, Ajax could have been there. Now we're going to say ifs and buts, throwing away a nine-point lead. What can we put that down to? 
man, uh, it's, you know, soccer is a game of opinions. And what I'm going to say is most probably my opinion, most probably not the right thing, but mm. there are other uh, people that will uh, mention certain things uh, which will sound right as well. But everything goes down to consistency. If you look at the model that Ajax have, and it's been working for for many, many years mm. here in South Africa as well as overseas where they develop players and eventually the players end up at other at other teams, top uh, top teams. That is the that is the structure uh, of Ajax to develop and then let the players move on. Yes. Uh, Ajax Amsterdam is like that as well. And I was watching um, uh, Sundowns play. was probably the top team with the best players in the country. There were four Ajax players. Yes. In that team as well. That is what Ajax is all about. Uh, I think the model must just be uh, consistent. And Ajax must just make sure that they uh, have a right balance in sending players off and keeping players. Not only shipping them off. Mm. But uh, that is something that uh, that's also debatable. That is something a person needs to work on all the time. Well, obviously now they'll have to lift themselves up for the playoffs. It's not going to be easy. Let's talk about the Premier League. Kaza Chiefs, 10 points. They Well, they'll be celebrating now because Mamelodi Sundowns gave them a, a great opportunity as well now because Sundowns just lost to Baraka. Kaza right. Chiefs, uh, you know, I was watching some of the Chiefs game, Duncan. I can't understand how you are a striker yourself. How do guys miss... Practically sitters like that. I'm thinking of the one with the Samir Nekovic towards the end. Yeah. Um, what can yeah. we put that down to? I'm surely, you know, is it nerves? Is it technique? What can can we put that down to? Uh, man, it's easy sitting on the side and saying this should be done and that should be done. Out there, it's a totally different story. You know what? Uh, like I said, Ajax lost by one goal. Eliza Rogers had the same uh, on the same side of the goal as well, mm. where he had to use his left foot. Um, the Kaiser Chiefs player also had to use his left foot. The, the bounce of the ball was <laughs> probably played a part there as well. But remember, it's not only your technique in this uh, situation that must uh, come to the fore. Remember, there's pressure. Yeah, Kaiser Chiefs had to win. Ajax just needed that one goal. That mentality, that pre- that mental strength, also plays a part. So there's a lot of things a person can put it down to. But over all, um, as far as our strikers in our country is concerned, a few years ago we had so many strikers. You know, you had Mark Mark Williams, you had Sean Barton, you mm. had Benny McCarthy, all of them at the same time, with Fulima Masinga, Fani Madida, all at the same time. And those days, the player, the, the, the coaches played with one or two strikers. Yeah. How many, and, and we had so many. Today we are uh, looking for, for for good strikers to play for Bafana and for our top teams. So well, that's something that's a miss in our football nowadays. Well, I think on the positive we can say it's going down to the wire and that could be the exciting part of the uh, PSL with two more games to go. That's right. Uh, <laughs> similar to the, India, to the Glad Africa League. The last date went down to the last minute. Even if Ajax didn't score the goal and uh, the team had played against Swallows, if they got, uh, they got the goal, TTM, if they got the goal, then Ajax would have still gone through uh, to the first division. Sorry, to the PSL. But in the, in the EPSA Premiership, it's going to be the same situation. 20, uh, the top two teams, Chiefs and Sundowns, both played 28 games on the same points, a difference of four goals. Mm. So don't go to the uh, go down to the wire. Not forgetting that, but uh, but with but they uh, they won today and they now four points behind. So yeah. if any of the top teams drop any more points or the top two teams if they drop points 
and Wits gets maximum points. They can win the league. They can and nobody sneak was in. even talking about Wits. Yeah, absolutely. And and to think that uh, the team is not going to be there from uh, from uh, next season. Imagine that that happening. But uh, thanks yeah. for your thoughts on that, uh, Duncan. Uh, it's always appreciated. Let's get back to your career now. You had a brilliant career first for Glendine and then Santos. But before we talk about that, where did it all be- begin for Duncan Crowey? Uh, my soccer career started as a six-year-old. My father, we grew up uh, in uh, Glimo, in Athlone, and my father was always a Hotspur supporter, Hotspur United, and they played at the old Cape FA at Turfell Park. And Danny Bring didn't stay too far from them. And uh, when I was six years old, my brother, nine, uh, six and eight years old, he decided to take us to Hotspur. He took us to Danny Brink's house. And uh, the meetings were at his place at the time, and that is when we joined. Started as six-year-old. I was most probably the youngest in the team. Those days, the youngest age group was 12 years old. And uh, I suppose I can't remember that well, but uh, I, I, I suppose I didn't get too much game time. But it's something that I enjoyed, and I was there every Saturday. Yeah, that is where it all started. And I played for Hotspur until the age of 16, until Glendine came along. And that is when uh, I started playing for Glendine as a 16-year-old. Yeah, but were you always a striker, Duncan? Was striking always what you wanted to do? No, I will tell you the story about how I became a striker. Mm. Uh, when I joined Glendine and um, uh, George Van Niekerk and Bobby Solomons and Eddie Salt and Barry Thomas, all of them uh, joined Glendine. That was top uh, top uh, uh, um, players and all of them played in the midfield <laughs> and um, I can remember when the final team was selected when the final team was about to select it to put, go into the pro team to replace Glenville and Cape Town Spurs uh, Dot Borman he came from Cape Town City at the time he was the main striker and uh, he got hurt in the first uh, last friendly before the team was selected and uh, the coach Bobby Solomon was the coach at the time he said go play up front <laughs> and I'm a midfielder. I can remember in that game I scored a hat trick, and I never looked back. Wow! And I wore the number nine, uh, number nine jersey since then. So your first game you scored a hat trick. So that no, that was the the the, the, the friendly before before the first professional game before the league started, and that was our main striker. But he got hurt. And the midfielder I was most probably just sitting on the bench and they go play up front. Mm. And they scored the hat-trick. And since then, I've been a striker. So you played for Glendine from 82 to 86. That's um, right. You signed from from Hotspurs into Glendine. That's that, how you made that's your... Right. Uh, that's right. You, you obviously had some great memories there with them. A league winner in your first season, 82. Top goal scorers, 82, 83. So you obviously took to uh, striking like a fish to water. Uh, you had players around you. You had players around you that uh, could deliver and set up uh, opportunities. The assist was al- always ar- around. I can remember we had the speedy Andre Alexander who came from Clearwood. He played on the right-hand side. Uh, he could run. He could outrun anybody. He was so fast. On the other side, equally fast was probably the late um, Ralph Onkret with his left foot. He came from Cape Town Spurs as well. And I was the one in the center. Just imagine the the service you would get from the sides. And most of my goals, even though I was the shortest player on the field, I think I scored most of my goals with a with a head and from service from those two players. That was it was easy to score, I suppose. So uh, t- tell us more about some of the other players in the Glendive. You you mentioned some great names already, uh, Booby yeah. Solomon's and the likes. What about the other players that you played with? Uh, if you look at if you look at if I start right, right at the back, the late uh, Trevor Daniels, I always rated him 
as one of the best goalkeepers in in uh, in, in South Africa. Uh, Andre Arendt and Adip Abrams, they were always my favourites when it came to goalkeepers. Uh, then, of course, um, in the defence, we had Bobby Solomons played more in the defence. George Van Niekerk was around as well. Uh, we had we just had top quality players mm-hmm. around us in that team. I've mentioned Eti Salt. Eti Salt came from a team called um, Vanguard Spurs. Absolutely fantastic uh, team. He joined. He, he joined uh, Glen uh, 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 um, Many say, and I also believe that uh, if Petty Dolly was still around, the Glendin would have been a very big team. If Petty Dolly had still had that drive, and if Petty Dolly had his team in a uh, in a league like the PSL, we would have most probably been somebody like uh, a team like Kaiser Chiefs and um, and uh, Orlando Pirates and Mamelodi Sundancers of of South Africa. You know, when we played um, in the first 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 year for Glendin, we were like a top team. It was most probably the first time that teams started traveling by plane. We, when we traveled, we had blazers and, you know, we had mm. suits on when we traveled. Mm. And it was unheard of those days. And, uh, you know, that is where the trend started and teams started following Glendin. Glendin was the trendsetter at the time. So Pretty Pretty Dolly only uh, had the club for two years. Then he sold it. And that is when I moved on. Oh, so I was going to ask you why the move to Santos then, obviously because Glendin was sold off and, and then closed, then obviously you joined uh, Santos in the Federation. Yeah. You know, one player that I didn't mention early on, Bobby was the coach of the team, mm. uh, Clive Darius. He was the captain of the team. He played a major role in my soccer upbringing as a professional. You know, he was like a father or big brother figure for, uh, to me at the stage, telling me what to do, what I should have done, and stuff like that, and just being protective. And uh, yeah, so he played a very important part. You ask me about uh, Santos. Yes, Peggy Dolly sold. And uh, he, he, uh, he wanted to, I think he wanted to make a, 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 a few rand. Mm. That is why he sold me. The only two players that he sold was myself and Michael Smith. Michael Enchi Smith. Mike, uh, that, that is another player that could have been very, very big, but he joined Santos and he stayed there only for a month or so. Then I never heard of him again, never playing again, but he was a fantastic player. The two of us joined uh, Santos. Uh, the year before that, Santos just won the league. And my first game for Santos was in the Champs of Champs against Tonga Crusaders. Moe Corrales was the coach at the stage, yeah. another good coach that I played under. Well, and, uh, where was that match against Tonga Crusaders? Was it in uh, Watson Park or Curry's Fountain um, or yeah, in Cape Town? All the, all the finals were played at Curry's Fountain. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tonga was from uh, uh, Watson Park. Mm. Uh, one of my favorite grounds, though, especially walking down that steep hill amongst <laughs> the spectators, getting down to the field at the bottom. Fantastic. A lovely, yeah. small, compact ground that was, eh? Watson yes, Park yes. in Tonga. But for Cape Townians, especially uh, the teams I played for, it was home, away from home. Mm. Durban was the mecca. You know, in PSL, it was different. It was Joburg. But for me, Durban was, was the mecca of football, playing at Curry's Fountain. And if I tell my children, if I show them photos from my scrapbook, uh, they always look at the crowd and they remark, but Daddy, there were so many people. Nowadays at Athlon Stadium, you don't get that many people. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was the, the support for Federation football those days were absolutely fantastic. And me, myself, I would, you know, uh, something that's a miss nowadays. People would say, I go to the stadium, not really to watch the team, but I'm going to watch this player and I'm going to watch that player. Mm. Duncan, uh, we're going to touch. We're going to. Duncan, we're just going to take a short ad break. When we come back, we're going to carry on that conversation, especially about Curry's Fountain. This is 
Inside Sports. Just gone 23 minutes past eight. You're listening to Inside Sport. My guest tonight is a Duncan Crowey, the former Glendine and Santos striker. Now, Duncan, uh, before the break, we're chatting about Curry's Fountain. And, yeah. you know, ask, um, as you know, I'm formerly from Durban. And uh, yeah. as a teenager, we used to go to Curry's and watch you guys uh, play with all the finals. It used to be packed. But they, we, we mentioned Watson Park was a compact ground. Uh, then uh, Manning Rangers played the Detached with 3B ground. I'm not sure if you played. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And obviously, all the finals were played at Curry's. Uh, and the atmosphere there was uh, something else, wasn't it? No, it was absolutely, absolutely vibrant. And, uh, you know, I've mentioned earlier on that they, the people came and they supported, they supported their teams. And, uh, I've also mentioned that Durban was the mecca of Federation football. Mm. They had quite a few top teams as well. And nine times out of ten, we would play a team from Durban or a team from, uh, Maritzburg, not a spitting distance from there. Yeah. So, yeah, they had a, 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 a real following and a real hunger for football and uh, I'm thankful for the people that supported us those days there's a, a Facebook group uh, on, mm. on Federation football mm. and you can see the uh, people are still talking passionately about Federation football yeah of course they they, they miss mm. those days because like you said it was passion and of course uh, during that period as well I mean when Cape Town Spurs also closed a lot of the uh, Cape Townians made the trek to play up in KZN Farouk Abrams Keith America Ibrahim Jacobs Calvin Peterson and That's the list right. goes on did you not get an offer to move to Durban as well? Uh, I remember um, what's the other team from uh, Peter Marisburg um, Marisburg United um, Pop City Pop City team um, not Marisburg United uh, Taj Ma, uh, Taj. Ta- uh, Real Taj Real Taj Real Taj uh, Pop City was a hotel owner and mm. I stayed at his hotel quite a few times and uh, they were they were a very good team just after Farouk Abrams mm. and Keith American Calvin Peterson those guys Sally Adams yeah. those guys left Real Taj became the real big opponents uh, real uh, opposition for us mm. and uh, you must probably had the money uh, that he could put in. At one stage, he won. He tried to get me to come to Peter Marisburg, but uh, I was never really interested in leaving Cape Town. No, I was sure. never really interested. Yeah, but you know, if you get, uh, you know, Don Moodley also tried to get me there with, with Berea at the time. Yeah, Don Moodley. During, yes. During, yeah, and uh, playing. You've mentioned Unit Three B in Chatsworth. Another f- favorite uh, home ground for us, home ground away from home, when we played um, uh, Manning Rangers down there. Yeah. Fantastic crowds, full. And I can recall walking down the steps at Unit 3B mm. with a crowd touching distance from you. Yes. But nothing would happen. Uh. <laughs> yes, most probably they didn't like you, but they wouldn't touch you and, uh, and, and show disrespect. And, and you know the, what? They the loved you, Cape the guys. Eh? Fantastic. They love you, Cape Tonians, as well. Eh? That was a long walk from the change room to the ground, by the way, uh, Duncan, if you remember, at 3B. Exactly. And I mentioned going down. But remember, going down, that's when the game starts. Yes, yes. But going up is at half time <laughs> when you're tired and you've got to get to the dressing room. And many uh, players, you know, you can see them running to the dressing room. <laughs> I don't think many of us ran to the dressing room <laughs> up at steps because we're talking most probably, if I'm, I don't think I'm uh, exaggerating when I say it's about 20 meters, a <laughs> steep 20 meters up here. You're not exaggerating. That is absolutely. I've just got a WhatsApp message coming through here uh, from Irfan Abrams who says, uh, uh, Shukran okay. for honouring the gems and legends of Cape Town and South African football. It's a pleasure, Irfan. Loved watching Captain Fantastic on a Friday evening at Athlone Stadium when he played for Bafana at Goodwood Showgrounds. It was special. Oh. Besides football, he was an amazing and talented 800 metres and 1,500 metres athlete as well, Duncan. <laughs> 
uh, I think the guy that you're talking about, uh, the marathon man, uh-huh. uh, he does he does good work as well, good, yeah. good work in the community. It's nice of him to say nice things about me, but uh, I think uh, <laughs> as far as a person is concerned, he's a much better person than him. I want to be like him, <laughs> the good he does for the people in the community. Fantastic. So thank you very much for that message. You asked me about... Now, I was saying about uh, um, uh, chats with 3B. Um, yeah. You oh, know, yeah. Yeah, the distance from there. You know, it's just sad that the state of those grounds at the moment, uh, Duncan, is not in a very good state. Uh, Curry's Fountain, uh, 3B. Uh, Watson Park is a bit okay. But uh, unfortunately, you know, if one looks at those grounds now, you'd never say that. A Curry's, for example, that finals were played there. You'd never say mm-hmm. that if you look at the ground now. And 3B is the same. You know, you wouldn't say, hey, cup finals were played there. Or they even played first-class cricket on uh, 3B. Natal used to play there as well. So unfortunately, the state of those grounds, uh, it's, it's not very good at the moment. Let's come back to your playing days with Santos now. Obviously, you Cape guys, you Cape Town teams were serial winners. You guys dominated Federation football um, from the 70s through to the 80s. Santos, you, you won the league with, with them, 87, 88, 90. I think it was the last year as well. Those were also great memories um, for you. 90, 91, 91, I think that's what won it last year. But yes, uh, uh, somebody mentioned it now the other day on Facebook, and uh, people commented on it. You know, if you talk about Santos and you talk about Glenville and you talk about, um, uh, what's the other team, Cape Town Spurs, you know, Cape Town Spurs is a very big name, mm. Federation, big name. But Santos won more leagues than them. Santos won more trophies than them. And uh, uh, that is something that I didn't realize for once. I know there was one year, 88, we won all the trophies, the treble. We won the treble. We were unbeaten throughout the season. You know, and uh, I, spoke, I spoke about it now the other day. Trevor Daniels in goal, you mm. know, brick wall. I always going to mention his name. Mm. You know, you had Kevin Valentine, you had uh, Stephen um, Stephen Hendricks in the team as well. On the on the right, you will have uh, uh, um, Rashad David. On the left, you will have the Stone Wall and the man with the big lungs, Kasim uh, Mohammed. In the midfield, on the wings, you will have Donnie Ronnie, Stevie Williams in the midfield, Carl Solomon's in the midfield. You know, the the list is just endless. The list is Rodney Reynas, quality names. And uh, I would have liked to see those guys and that team at that age and at that stage in their soccer career playing in the PSL. Mm. But unfortunately, not too many of them carried over into the uh, got carried over into the PSL. That is just the unfortunate part. And talking about it and uh, reading about it and telling people about it just does not have that same effect. And that is a shame for me. And so many people don't uh, recognize what happened in the Federation those mm, days. Mm. Even though we, I believe Federation players played a very important role in, in, in fighting apartheid through sport. Look, because we believe no normal sport in an abnormal society. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and Federation had some very good players, some teams, like you so rightfully say, if there was a, a no apartheid and everybody played, there would have been lots of players that from the Federation that would have played for the for the national team, for example. You may, you mentioned some of the players from Cape Town. I want to just test your memory on some of the players from the other teams that were outstanding footballers during your era that you played there. Can you name some of those guys? Uh, you, you know, you've, you, you've mentioned my early part of my professional career, early 80s. Marisburg, they were our main opposition, mm-hmm. his main opposition. One of my toughest uh, opponents, Ravi Pillay, mm-hmm. he played in front of Farouk Abrams. 
Very, very, very good player. Of you know, we know the, all the other Catonians in Chief America and Calvin Peterson, Sally Ad, Adams, and Eby. Uh, they also had a Buckley. What's Buckley's name again? Mark I just Buckley. forgot his name now. Mark Buckley. Yeah. Mark Buckley, as speedy as you know, a leopard type of thing. He will go down the wing and he will get crosses in. He always gives you a hard time. Uh, real touch. There was a line on my bars that played for them mm. in the midfield. Quality player. You know, when I started, you, uh, Moon Sammy, um, Duda Duda Munsami. Munsami and his brother, Ramu. Ramu Munsani. Uh, at the back, we had the, I mean, Edwin, Edwin, Edwin Fredericks. Edwin? Edwin Fredericks. Fredericks. Goofy Fredericks, as you call him. I remember watching him. He was a, a very hard uh, tackling defender. That's a, that's a tough as teak. Mm. I can remember those guys. You know, you had them all over, even even teams from Pretoria. We had um, in Indonesia, you had Bluebells mm. and you had um, Bluebells and it was the Aswaraj in in. Um, in um, in uh, Lanesia yeah. you know Harun Muhammad played for them mm. uh, uh, I see him on a regular basis yeah. Yeah. he doesn't stay far from me yeah. another good classy midfielder slow moving schemer midfielder uh, a quality that uh, if they played in the PSL at that age if they play, played in the PSL people would have been raving about them You All know, the players that I've mentioned now. you know Duncan you mentioned Ravi Pele just to let our listeners know Ravi was more like a sweeper type of defender but he wasn't a big guy at all, Duncan. And he wasn't even a hard tackler. You've mm. mentioned Edwin Fredericks. Mm. Now, you know, if you look at players in the Sundowns Mall, if you look at the players, if you look at uh, Van Dijk. Yes. Uh, I think he's even more skillful than Van Dijk. Van Dijk, is, he reads the game very well. He can play the ball out from the back. So can Ravi. You know, Ravi wasn't that one that would go and ram players. He's so clever. He will intercept the ball before he even touches the player. Yeah, you know, and I'm not. I'd like to think I'm not exaggerating when it comes to that. No, you. Yeah, uh, we had the mm. opportunity of watching uh, Ravi play. You know, uh, uh, and you're absolutely right. Even when I had Farouk Abrams here a couple of weeks ago, he also mentioned because when he moved up to Maritzburg, he gave Ravi trials there. You know, when they had trials, and of course the Maritzburg ground, you can remember as well, Northdale Stadium. Yes, Northdale. <laughs> now Northdale Stadium again. Uh, you know, uh, those days we they had curtain raises. Yes. And we couldn't warm up on the field like the players do today. We had to warm up behind the stadium in the dark. And, you know, you had everybody standing be- uh, uh, around your warm-up area watching you while the curtain raises on. They c- cannot see the curtain raiser because it's behind the stand. Just show you the, 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 the magnitude of the fans. They are interested in the professional players. Absolutely. And when you walked onto the field, uh, most of the games were played on a Friday evening in mm. Peter Maritzburg. Mm. And you could see the fires burning because the field was almost down in a, uh, if a person can call it, in a valley type of Yes, yes. And up on the hill, you will see the people burning fires. The ground was packed on the inside. They most probably couldn't get into the ground. <laughs> and they would watch the game from there. No, brilliant. I've just got a WhatsApp coming through. You're interviewing one of the finest strikers Cape Town has ever seen. He's, he's under 16, 800 meters record. He's still standing. I followed him and wrote about him as an athlete and as a footballer. Duncan had a chance to play for Chelsea in the English League. Duncan, he wants to know what happened. Is that true? Uh, let me start by with a record. Yes. Uh, that was under 16 record. It never got broken. They never, they never broke the record. But all the records fell away 
yeah. after unity in sport. Yes, yes. So they started from scratch and, uh, you know, everything was then on Tawatot and track and so on. But yeah, they ran faster than the record. <laughs> so that record is no more after unity, but it stood for a very long time. I wow. Know. Uh, I know I was coaching, I was coaching at school where I taught in Mitchell's Plain. Mm-hmm. Glendale High and there was a youngster that represented Western Province and under 15 and when he was under 16 I coached him mm-hmm. and the principals uh, uh, the principals still said that he's going to break Duncan's record and that time my record was still standing when I was coaching him uh, 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 and the idea was break the record because he was a nice guy as well mm-hmm. uh, as far as Chelsea is concerned 86 if I remember correctly uh, I was offered a, a, a trial with Chelsea Wow. John Hollands was the coach, and um, you know I don't know if you know. Remember the strike, uh, Kerry Dixon. Kerry Dixon, yes, absolutely. Um, Pat Nevin played for them. Yes. Mickey Hazard played yes. for them. The South African Roy Wigley, Wigley was there yes. at the time, mm. and um, I went over. Was there for six six weeks. They asked me to stay another two two weeks, so I stayed there for two months. Uh, he wanted to sign me at the time, but unfortunately, we couldn't get a work permit oh. because South Africa didn't belong to FIFA. And when you play in England, you had to have a certain number of caps for your yes. country, and or you must have relatives within a certain in uh, certain European countries. Yeah. We went as far as Santelina Islands, but unfortunately, uh, uh, it didn't work out, and I had to come back. So you're saying it was a work permit that stopped Duncan Crowe from playing in the from English playing. league? Uh, first division at the time. At the time, yes. Wow, how unfortunate. Um, yeah, sad, very sad. Well, I hope uh, that answers your question. Uh, they are, he doesn't give a name, but his number ends at 1468. Um, there's another one that says here, I used to follow you, but today I, n- I never meet you still when I referee local games, but alhamdulillah, I will meet you. There's no name here. Uh, Muhammad Tofar was the gentleman who wanted to know about your, okay. your yes, Chelsea. Okay, Muhammad Tofar, he, he was in the great Chelsea uh, at, at high school, and he ran for, if I'm speaking on the correction, I think it was mm. for Spartans. Mm. He used to write articles for, uh, for the newspapers. Very nice guy. Uh, I haven't seen him for a while. Wow. Thank okay. you very much, Tofa. There you go, Muhammad uh, Tofa. Another one coming through here. Yeah, what a pleasure to have this ambassador online. What a gentleman he is, a player who roller skates across the field. The smallest guy on the field, same like Donny King, but the heart of a lion. Coach Duncan is a sportsman on and off the field. I still rate uh, Jade Crowey better than him, lol, jokingly. Uh, Jade Crowey was. Yeah, was that was uh, you related to Jade Crowey? I take it. Wade, he was probably talking about Wade. Wade, Wade. Is my son. Oh, okay, okay. As a number one player for the Africa Games, but could not participate due to unforeseen circumstances. Mm-hmm. Well done, Duncan. Yeah, so mm-hmm. so that's great, Duncan. That uh, the people are appreciating your contribution mm-hmm. uh, to football. And you know, it's just sad. Like we, you know, let's just touch on that again, just because. Um, well, you never. We never played for a country at the time. You guys played. Yes, you played professional, but that was it. I mean, you guys never earned a lot of money back in the day, Duncan. No, no, no. Money wasn't the thing. Mm. Uh, I don't think uh, we were worried about money at the time. I can recall there were certain players in our team. Uh, Santos didn't always have money. If you give you a hundred rand for your petrol, for your effort and stuff like that, some of our players wouldn't take the money. Mm. Some of our players would rather pay that one. Because obviously, the club, if they're going to pay somebody, they're going to pay the players that plays on a regular basis. Yeah. 
But I was the captain and coach for most of the time during the federation at uh, at Santos, and uh, I I appreciated the effort of other players that wanted to play for Santos and stayed true to the to 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 the Sacos principle. Mm. And wanting to play professional soccer and gave their everything, ran away from work sometimes to be at training on time. When they get to training, they've got to help to put up the lights because we didn't train under floodlights. Mm. We had to run leads from people's houses, uh, from the flats in, uh, in uh, Hederfeld, uh, run the lead, a long lead to the ground, put up the poles so that we can see. And, uh, you know, to train under those conditions and still give you 100% and still, you know, sacrifice You've, you, 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 you've got to feel for them. And many times, many of us, some of us, gave our money to those players. Yeah, look, Not I know everybody it was... was playing, uh, everybody was paid at the time. And like you said, it was, it, was, it was peanuts. But it was never a factor for us wanting to play pro or for us wanting to protest or strike because we're not getting money. Mm. I can remember the first year. You've mentioned that I was highest goal scorer in my first year in professional football. Yes. We didn't play in the final. So we went down to Curry's Fountain where the presentation was being done for the league winners, which we won, and I was the highest goal scorer. I won a thousand rand. But the thousand rand went to the club because I think the club needed it more. So it wasn't a case of, I want to be highest goal scorer mm. because I'm going to get a thousand rand. Mm. It was never an, it was never a thing like that. And the years nowadays, it's professional, and you need to earn a decent wage. I think all of us are, are like that now. Mm-hmm. You want to work, you want to earn decent money. And a person cannot fold players by wanting to play for a club where they're going to get more money. Mm-hmm. But in our days, and we've got to accept that and live with it, there was just no money because of the sacrifice we had to make because we played for Sacos, we fought against apartheid through mm-hmm. our sport, and that is why no sponsorship came into the league and that is what we had to accept if we want to fight the course we've got to have sacrifices done like that by uh, by, by, by whoever plays in the league no 100 percent Duncan we're going to take a quick ad break and when we come back we'll be chatting to you again don't go anywhere no problem thanks this is inside sports Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back. Just gone 842. You're listening to Inside Sport on Voice of the Cape. And my uh, guest tonight is uh, Duncan Crowey, the former Glendine and Santos striker. Dun- Duncan, um, obviously playing in the uh, FPL era, I don't think you guys would have would have ever thought at the time that one day you're going to be playing in a unified league. You, you're going to be playing for your country. But it happened, although you had one cap and, and you know, post-unification 91. But... <sighs> What what was that like when when he knew that hey uh, post ninety one we're going to be playing with with everybody else uh, and and more so representing your country in an international match? Then uh, that I suppose that is everybody's dream to represent your country. It's a pity it came so late. I was thirty one years old. I was probably the oldest guy to make uh, your debut for for, for your country. Mm. But uh, that is uh, when I heard. That there's going to be a, a, a national team. There's going to be unity. There's going to be, at that time it wasn't called Bafana Bafana. There's going to be a South African national team. I was still coach of, coach and captain of Santos at the time. And I mentioned to Nazmi Bardin then, listen, yeah, may soul rest in peace, uh, the late Nazmi Bardin, the owner of the club. I mentioned to him, listen, yeah, I don't want to be coach anymore. I want to concentrate on, uh, on my soccer. I want to improve my soccer more so that I can concentrate on myself. So whenever there's unity, I want to be ready. 
and uh, I, I, I relinquished my position as uh, as coach of the team, preparing myself. And the day when uh, the first team was announced, I was overjoyed. I was overjoyed. I was in the I was in the squad for two years. Uh, you know, I played here at uh, at uh, Goodwood, where Grand West Casino is now. That way, that is where the game was played against Cameroon. Remember, Cameroon just came back from yeah, from Italia uh, ninety. That's it. Yeah. And uh, Roger Miller mm. was the was the was the talk about person in a, on the African continent. Mm. He joined in here as well. That was the first African country to reach the quarterfinals yes, yes. of the World Cup, and we played against them. It's always going to be tough, but I don't think it was about. Uh, the game itself it just was it was history yeah, history absolutely. in the making for South Africa and and you must be proud to be part of that history although it's come it came a bit too late but just to be part of it would have been something special no it, it's you know it's it's something that I will never forget I, lo- I, I looked at my scrapbook early on and uh, the jersey I still got the jersey mm. that uh, w- was given to me um, during that, I think it was three weeks, four weeks that uh, Cameroon was here. We played three games for them. The history in the making, Dr. Kamala scored the first game in the rain in um, in Durban. That was the first ever goal for Bafana. Right, so uh, you were I, in that squad, Duncan. Uh, we watched that game at King's Park and uh, that in was the rain. Uh, in, in the, the rain. rain, absolutely. It was raining, that's right. Yeah, that's, fantastic. Uh, that, was, that was where the first game was played. And the second game was here at Goodwood. And the last game was at FNB Stadium. Mm. So yeah, it was it was absolutely fantastic. We were new to we were new to uh, uh, to world football. Yeah. And the good thing I played I played a played a, f- a few games for the for the Masters team, South African Masters yes, team as well. Yes. You know, you played against you, you played with guys like the late Ace Ace Nishlunga. Mm. We played with Joe Mosono, uh, Professor Nungubani, mm. those guys. And that again was another different experience. We traveled quite a few con- uh, countries, uh, quite a few neighboring countries. I can remember playing in Botswana. Mm. I can remember playing Zambia at um, at FNB Stadium. I can also recall playing the English Ambassadors. I think that game was also at the FNB Stadium. Fantastic experiences. Not only what happened on the field, but also off the field. Being amongst these players, you know the stories they have to uh, had to tell. Uh, things you will never forget. No, I'm, I'm sure, absolutely. Now, uh, I was reading something where Quinton Fortune mentioned that uh, you were one of the players that, that really inspired him, and we know what happened to uh, Quinton from Athlone to Manchester. That must be something special where you have a player like that saying, Duncan Crowe is one of the guys that inspired me. Uh, Quinton, is a, you know, if, if you want to tell any player or any youngster what type of person or you need to be or what type of person you need to look at. Then you look at the guy like Quentin Fortune. Mm. Remember Quentin Fortune left South Africa when he was young. He never played for a team in South Africa. Yes. He was so determined to make it overseas. And he made it at Tottenham Hotspur. He wasn't a regular at uh, Manchester United, mm. but he became one of their legends. Yes. Why? All because of determination. All because I want to be successful. He never gave up. And if you talk to him, if you talk to him on the street corner, you can see that coming out of him. That mm. oozing out of him. That determination, wanting to be the best. Wanting to do well in life. And uh, that is what we need in our youngsters. That is what we need, we need to instill in our youngsters as coaches and uh, as teachers at schools.
Absolutely mm. brilliant. Now, post your retirement, I think you hung, you hung up your boots in 2007, went into coaching. Tell us a little bit about some of your highlights in coaching. Now, you obviously involved with IX, but talk to us about some of your other highlights in coaching. Um, yes, I, I was always fond of coaching juniors. Uh, it never crossed my mind to coach professional teams. I was approached a few times, but yes, I will coach in Cape Town. But I had my career as a teacher. I had my family. I had I was stable here in Cape Town, and uh, I couldn't see myself traveling to wherever to go and coach. Mm. You know, coaches' lifespan is very short. Absolutely. And you don't know at the team I'm talking about. Lifespan yeah. at the team is very yeah. short, and uh, I couldn't see myself moving from one team to another. And uh, uh, I was blessed in the sense of uh, being involved with the Ajax Junior setup. Uh, I enjoyed it. I'm still enjoying it. I'm head of use at the moment. Uh, I've been I've been away from Ajax for five years after being there for seven years. I've been with Santos also as the head of youth, uh, grooming youngsters. I left there and went back to Ajax. So uh, Junior has always been my always been something that I wanted to do. Uh, a goal that I set for myself was to become a junior national coach. On two occasions, I was approached. And on two occasions, I won't say I was promised the job, but I was led to believe that, Duncan, this is your job. The last job was now. Now recently, a two, uh, uh, beginning of the year, just uh, late last year. And uh, it never materialized. It never materialized. And yeah, but um, those are the things in life that makes you stronger. Those are the things that you, uh, uh, like I've mentioned about Quentin, a person just needs to be stronger, it makes you stronger. A person just needs to be more determined and a person needs to stay more focused in the sense of where you want to be. But uh, as a junior coach, I'm happy with what I'm doing. Uh, uh, away from soccer, I'm a qualified teacher. I'm teaching out in Mitchell's playing, uh, something that I still enjoy. Still got a few more years left in, in teaching, but soccer will always be my number one. Fantastic. Now, just before we go, Duncan, I just want to ask you, do you can you remember what's your highest uh, number of goals that you scored in a particular season? You're going to tell me, I think you're going to tell me that I'm correct when I say 28. 28 goals. Wouldn't it be nice to have one of the top uh, scorers, the strikers in the Absa Premiership scoring 28 goals? <laughs> Duncan Crowey, on that note, I want to say it's a pleasure chatting to you. Uh, thanks a lot. Uh, keep up the good work you're doing with Ajax and the youth and uh, all the best to you. Thank you very much for having me. It's always a pleasure. Thank you very much. That was the former Glendine and Santos striker Duncan Crowey chatting to me tonight. I uh, uh, hope you enjoyed another edition of Inside Sport. I'll be back with more sporting news on the drive uh, time from uh, tomorrow until Friday. From me, Firo Sheikh, have a lovely evening. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This is Inside Sport.